Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to pick up this time, but let's look at the chronology here just a second. Genesis to Revelation, we're looking at top view, your index of your Bible. It is laid out historically. It really is. It's not backwards and whatever, myths and legends and a feel-good book or whatever. Mm-mm. It'll definitely make you feel good, though. Anyway, okay, so history, history. If that's beginning, and it is, the word Genesis means beginning. You'll hear it. I heard it on a commercial the other day. The Genesis of this. Yeah, beginning. Ex, exit, they exited out of Egypt after about 2,500 years, uh, whatever. I mean, they weren't down there 2,500, but that's just the time frame. You can follow it. It's so funny, you know, that, that, that progression of man, it's only in textbooks where it's ape to man. It's only in textbooks. You can't find it anywhere. What's funny is they have, they, they say that is a, is a change from, you know, Relatively not that many millions of years. I think they think 25 million years. Well, we got bones of humans. They're not apes. 200, I don't believe they're time frames. And that's why they make fun of it. We got bones of humans in 250 million year old rocks. Well, see, that can't be true. It ain't. It's all messed up. Yeah. Anyway, so here we go. This is the time frame. Now, other things were going on in the world, but here's your time frame. But anyway... So following through with uh, the Middle East, shall we say, and the Jews, whatever, you come on down here. We get on down here where they got into the promised land. They're in the promised land by the time of Joshua. Uh, They lost it at the end. Well, actually, at the start of the reason you have judges. What is judges about? It's basically martial law, but it wasn't so much martial law. They didn't have armies or nothing because they lost everything. Everybody's running for cover. All of a sudden, somebody like Samson showed up. And God used Samson to kick back the Canaanites, whatever. That's where all those stories were. Several judges. Gideon was one of them, you know. Okay, uh, let's see. Then you get to Ruth. And Ruth is going to be grandmother to King David. And then right here you pick up, this is going to be about uh, David and David. And uh, actually the very first chapter is David. And then the rest of it is kings, 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 kings. And we're going to go to 2 Kings, jumping right into history right here. Jesus references uh, some of these stories right here. But well, let's pick up where, and this, this picks up right at the tail end of uh, 1 Kings, which if, if we'll roll back, I'll show you. It was, uh, remember there's, there's, it's the north, it's like America, north versus the south. Or you could say the, e, the uh, SEC, choose Mississippi or in Alabama or Alabama and Auburn or whatever. There's two kings right here. There's two kingdoms, shall we say, but it's still the same SEC. Let me back up just a little bit. Here we go. So the last chapter of First Kings, notice, let's see, what's, we got a, a time frame, three years from something. Okay, three years, there's been no war. Here we go. Between Syria and Israel. Now, in this book, you would figure it out if you had started with chapter one. Israel is referring to not Judah, it's still the Jews, but 10 of them call their name Israel, and then two of them, it's Benjamin and Judah. See, there we go. While King Jehoshaphat of Judah, it's not King Jehoshaphat of Israel. There was another king up there, and he was so squirrely worshiping idols. I think his name, yeah, here he is, Ahab. Yeah, there he goes, tell you. King Ahab of Israel. Oh, wait a minute. Well, then who's Jehoshaphat of Judah? That's a good scripture. That tells you. See the two of them? They were at ends with each other, but they were both Abraham's kids. All right. Judah, absolutely. Jesus, he was a descendant of of whatever. 
of that, that group. They call them tribes. All right, so let's pick right back up here. So Jehoshaphat just left the scene. Now, King Ahab, we just noticed that was the other, they were worshiping cows. They were still God's people brought out of Egypt, Abraham's kids. But the kingdom's been split down the middle. David had it all together. Solomon had it all together. But when Solomon's son Rehoboam became king, God told him, you're losing the whole thing because you're worshiping idols. And he, he lost the whole group. The other group took off and made their own king, which is King Ahab. And he's the King Ahab that had a lot of terrible stories. Anyway, after the King Ahab's death, 2 Kings chapter, two, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, the death, no, excuse me, after King Ahab's death, the nation of Moab declared its independence and refused to, pay, refused to pay tribute to Israel any longer. See, it's all falling apart. Boy, under David's reign and Solomon's reign, man, everybody had to cooperate with Israel. You know, Israel's new king, look at this. Remember, this is history. Let's see what happens. Israel's new king, now, now again, I'm going to bring it out again. I'm redundant here, but Israel is inferring that this is not David's descendants. And remember, God promised David, you'll always have a son on the throne, which was prophetic, talking about ultimately Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on us. That's where all that comes from. Israel's new king was Ahaziah, had fallen off the upstairs porch. Ever fell like Laura's talking about? You fell down? Oh, God, okay. Look at this. He fell off this porch of his palace at Samaria. Now we're starting to see it. Remember, Jerusalem was where... King David was, well, actually, he had the whole place. But anyway, that's where Judah still has their two tribes. Samaria, whoo, way down the road. Remember Jesus went, the woman at the well was at Samaria, and, and the woman said, how is it that you being a Jew, well, she was a Jew too, you know, but they call them half-reeds, you know. How is it you being a Jew speak to me? And besides that, I'm a woman, you know. So that was, that's where all this come from. All right. He was seriously injured. He sent messengers to the temple. Look what he did wrong. But he knew it. To the god of Beelzebub at Ekron to ask whether he would recover. And I, I think what they're asking, they're not saying, hey, am I going to make it or not? He's trying to get help. Okay. But an angel of the Lord told, who's this guy? See, Jesus has mentioned him. Why is it that they say Elijah must come first? The disciples said, Jesus said, well, truth is he did. And you should see what they did to him. And he was talking about John the Baptist. But the, but the angel of the Lord told Elijah the prophet, go to meet the messengers and ask them, is it true that there is no God in Israel? And remember what's happening here. He got hurt. You know, we have a God that will help us if we get hurt. And this clown's going to get in trouble for not going to God. I mean, if it was all about, well, well, you know, that's a back injury, and, or I just don't want to do it. Jesus never so said that to anybody. I just don't want to do it. Well, he did one time, but he healed him anyway. Remember the woman? And, and that woman said, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs. He said, for that answer, go on home with your daughter's well. Don't ever give up. I want to say especially if it's you, but especially if it's anything. Hang in there till you get the answer. Here we go. So is it true that there's no God in Israel? Well, see, in the Bible Belt, we got excuses. Well, today God doesn't do, oh, I'm not going to that church. I'm not listening. I got to have some help. I mean, don't you think you need some help if a bunch of wasps got a hold of you, stung you all over? You want to hear a preacher say, well, well, I don't know. We'll remember you're at church, but you know, I don't know. Let's do it. You want people praying. Anyway, 
Is that why you're going to Beelzebub? Because, uh, I mean, the God of Ekron to ask whether the king will get well? Because King Isaiah has done this, the Lord says, look at that. He will never leave. Well, wait a minute. What if we didn't do that when we get sick? We just go to God. Well, don't ever worry about being on a bed of affliction. Look at that. Look at that stuff. He says, is there no God in Israel? Man, I tell you what, I almost, well, I knew better. But if I didn't know better, I would have left. I would have punted when I went off to preacher school. Because I thought, where, where, why aren't you telling us this? Thank God there were people like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Charles Capps, other, I, they, and everybody, and on TV too. I don't care if it's Ernest Ainsley. I thought, nah, there's life in Jesus' name. I know better than this. Besides it, these churches were, they weren't in, <laughs> depressing. How could they say rejoice? You can rejoice in the Lord when you know you got this. Praise the Lord. But let's watch it. Because King Isaiah has done this, the Lord says he'll never leave the bed he's lying on. He'll surely die. When Elijah told the messengers this, they returned immediately to the king. Now think about what happened. The king sent them to go somewhere, and now they turned around. Here, why have you returned so soon? He asked them. Look what he says. Well, a man came up to us, they said. And he told us to go back to the king and tell him, the Lord wants to know why you are asking questions of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron. Boy, that's good. Don't go anywhere else. It's Jesus. Man, we are so inundated in America right now. It's almost like a game. We, without breaking a smile, we'll go, well, that's great. You're a Christian? That's good. I watched on the back of somebody's cars. You always see that stupid thing, coexist. It has all the seven top religions of the world. And it's kind of like I saw this car the other day, and I thought the driver's thinking. Of course, I pray, Lord, I pray he's born again instead of getting mad at him. But it's almost like they just feel, they feel so good that we all, as Muslims and Christians and Jews, can get along. But if you mention the name of Jesus, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's one God, Richard. It's one God. Yeah, right. You keep believing that. Mm. Anyway, is it because there's no God in Israel? Now, since you've done this, you're not going to leave the bed you're lying on. You'll surely die. Who was this fellow? Now, what? I, do you think the king knew? Yeah, he knew. And he, remember, he's not, he's not happy about this. He demanded, what did he look like? Uh, he was a hairy guy, <laughs> they replied, with a wide leather belt. It was Elijah the prophet. Now, wait a second. This was not Mickey Mouse kingdoms. These were real kingdoms. They're not cavemen. And this king was not so busy to not know that there were prophets out there, and especially this one. Matter of fact, it was King Ahab, so... I think we've already had Elijah. Well, I know we did. Yeah, absolutely. We've already had, this guy here has already faced off with Jezebel. <laughs> he ran from her too, but the prophets of Baal, that's what we were just, that guy was, why'd you go to Baal? Then he sent an army captain, look at this, with 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting on top of a hill. The captain said to him, oh man of God. Now remember, this is history. It's not made to make you feel good what happens here. The king commanded you to come along with us. Look what old Eli just said. If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven, destroy you and your 50 men. <laughs> Lightning popped, and they got him. Well, I don't know about the... 
Do you think it's funny books? It never happened? Do you know some other ones? I want to say it was Elisha, because Elisha is going to show up here. I want to think it's Elijah, though. But anyway, it's one of the two. Okay. Some teenagers decided to make fun of Elijah or Elisha. Remember that story? They were making fun of him because he was what? He was bald. You know what happened? A bear came out. A bear came out and killed those boys. Man, don't touch my prophets. Remember that? Man, don't do it. And he's talking about you, you and I too. I mean, I, I, really, I mean, we used to, as a kid, I could, I, looking back now, I'm going, praise God you kept us kids alive. We would have, yeah, I'm sure you men, you know, we would have rock fights. I mean, that rock may not be going a thousand feet per second, but it's moving. <laughs> There would be five of us on that end, five, and we were, we just, I, I, it didn't matter what we were fighting over. And then my friends, slinging those rocks. And hopefully, sometimes you'd get a skip too. That thing would skip, hit you in the ankle. It hurt, but God, we could hit each other in the head. Anyway, so that's basically what's going on here. They're coming to arrest him, so don't feel sorry for this captain. And they're coming to arrest him because the king's mad. I ain't going to get better. We'll show him. Go arrest him. So the king, here we go. The king, he sent another captain with 50 men. Same thing going to happen. Oh, man of God, the king says that you must come down right away. Yeah, Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, woo, uh-oh, let fire come down. And it did. And again, the fire from God burned him. Now, watch this. Now, look, I mean, to me, this makes total sense. Watch what this other captain said. He saw it. Once more, the king sent 50 men, but this time the captain fell on his knees. There you go. Before Elijah, he pleaded with the old man of God, please, look what he says, spare my life. When will we ever learn to just ask God for help? Now, remember that captain was, oh, I can't wait to go. I can't. He was commanded to go. Oh, what were the other 50 men too? They probably all thought they were going to get toasted. But this guy said, oh, listen, oh, man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these, your 50 servants. Look at this. That is so key to remember this. Have mercy. Here we go. Don't destroy us as you did the others. Guess what? Elijah said, fine, fine. Wow. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, don't be afraid. Go with him. So Elijah went to the king. Why did you send messengers to Beelzebub? No, this is, man, Elijah, he's just right there in the king. Just like Jeremiah, he was right there with the king there too. Whatever. Is it because there's no God in Israel? Now, wait a minute. I thought we just misunderstood. No, there could be no misunderstanding. Somebody got hurt because they fell. Well, God doesn't heal that. He heals it if, you have, if you're sick. But if you wounded yourself because you fell off a porch or you know, your scooter went down the hill, you know. Uh, quit saying that kind of stuff. If you are hurt at all, oh, praise the Lord. I remember this fingernail the other day, uh, it, got, it got trimmed just a little bit. Let me tell you what I was doing. I got mad at some sheet metal. Bam. I was taking those gutters down, you know. Bam. And it's sheet metal. My arm is coming forward like this. I was so thankful. And all of a sudden, I felt something go, and I thought I had cut my thumb, and I looked it just took the corner of the nail off. Just, it, not even down to the quick. Real close to the quick, but not. It just, and I just stopped for a moment and I thought, praise God. 
Here I am slinging this hammer and going f toward a lip that's got, you know, I could have slipped. You know, I just don't want to go there. He, praise God. Didn't even, anyway, God will help you everywhere. Is it because there's no God in Israel to ask? Because you have done this? Done what? I quit asking in everything by prayer. Alan Jackson singing that song, Oh, a peace we often forfeit. It's the same thing. That's where I like to say, you treat your boyfriend or girlfriend that way, just to expect it. They ain't going to answer the phone when you ring next time. Why would you answer the phone? <laughs> yeah, okay. You don't treat them right. Because you've done this, you shall not leave this bed. You'll surely die. So, there he goes. Ahaziah died, as the Lord predicted through Elijah. And his brother Joram became the new king. For Isaiah didn't have any son. Now, uh, why do you say this if this was all make-believe? Well, it's not make-believe. He didn't have a son to succeed him, so his brother took over. This occurred, look at the time frame, in the second year of the reign of King Joram, son of Jehoshaphat of Judah. The rest of the reign, look at this, uh, Ahaziah's reign is recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Kings of Judah, kings of Israel. It's not hard. You have first kings and second kings. It's just two groups of kings the whole time. You don't have to keep track of all the rest of the kings in the world. But these two kings, it's very simple. Okay. So I'm just saying that because, like I say, Oh, I can't understand the Bible, and so I won't read it. Don't listen to the devil when he tells you that kind of stuff. All right, here we go. Next chapter. So, now the time came for the Lord to take Elijah to heaven by means of a whirlwind. So, in other words, that happened right after that. This is a historic timeline. It wasn't like, let me tell you a beautiful story of Hansel and Gretel now. No. So, he's going to heaven by a whirlwind first off i thought when you're dead you're dead there's no such thing as heaven it's just uh, uh, mm -mm. elijah said to elisha a new guy as they left gilgal stay here for the lord has told me to go to bethel uh but elisha replied i swear to god i'm not i'm gonna stay with you you know i won't leave you <laughs> yeah so they went together to bethel bethel notice this they're the young prophets from Bethel Seminary. Let me switch this to the King James. I never heard the word seminary in the Bible. Well, that's right. It really is not in there, but that's what was going on. Look at this. Uh, King James. It's called the sons of the prophets. Okay, that's what they're coming from. And what they're referring to is that, is that they had a place where, they, excuse me, they had a place where they could, uh, uh, they, it was like they had their own little school. The young prophets from the Bethel Seminary came out to meet them and asked Elijah, did you, <laughs> now this is, now remember they're prophets. You and I got the same thing today. Uh, anyway, look what they said to Elijah. Hey, did you know the Lord's going to take Elijah away? <laughs> Wait a minute, how do you know that? Man, yeah, they knew it. Quiet, Elijah snapped. Well, see, there goes that politeness. That's why I'm saying being polite has got nothing to do. Of course I know it. <laughs> well, he was being a little snippy, wasn't he? Remember, you know where this story's going? This is the double portion. The double portion going to somebody who's snippy? I'm not going to his church. He's not even saved. It's the grace of God. It's not anything else. It's serving the Lord. Yeah, but you see that T-shirt that guy, that preacher wore that T-shirt? Do you see that car that preacher drives? Do you know that preacher deer hunts? You know? 
He's not an animal rights activist. No, I'm not. Uh-uh. Yeah, really. And I don't feel sorry for Jesus dying. Jesus had to die. It was supposed to die. We had no other hope. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Anyway, then Elijah said to Elisha, Jesus mentions both of these guys. Okay, so let's read what happened. Please stay here in Bethel, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. <laughs> Elisha is going to say, well, you sent me too. Elisha replied, I swear to God that I won't leave you. So they went on to Jericho. Okay. Then the students at the Jericho Seminary, which makes sense. We're in the Bible Belt. We got churches on every corner. And they're moving from place to place. Why would you want to have to drive X amount of miles every day to go to some place that somebody else can have a nice facility where the boys in the neighborhood that are, they feel like they have a calling. Well, they came to the students at Jericho. <laughs> they came to Elijah to ask him, hey, did you not know the Lord's going to take me? How did they know this supernatural thing is going to take place? Same Lord. Will you please be quiet? <laughs> he commanded. Of course I know it. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, we're getting somewhere. Then Elijah said to Elijah, please stay here. This is the third time, isn't it? He sent me to the Jordan River. But Elijah replied, I swear to God, I won't leave you. So they went on. Oh, now let me add this to it. Uh, we're in 2 Kings... First Kings, toward the end, there's a little place there where God told, after Elijah had ran from Jezebel, then he comes back, okay, and then God said, I want you to anoint Elisha, and he did. All right. And it's interesting, remember Elijah was like, well, I'm the only Christian, just take me. God take, uh, he, uh, we've made these people out to be anything but us, uh, no, we're all like them. Anyway, so they went along together and they stood beside the Jordan River. Now watch this. As 50 of the young prophets watched from a distance. Now why are they watching? Lord said today he's going up, ain't he? Yeah, I know it. So they're watching. They want to see this. Then Elijah folded his cloak. Now wait a minute. That's his jacket. Struck the water with it. Oh, my God. You don't, Richard, please. Again, Jesus references these two guys. And besides that, if you've read your Bible, this is not the first time. Matter of fact, it's going to be the, let's see, the Dead Sea split. Not the Dead Sea. The, what is it? The Red Sea. The Red Sea. Moses, boom, it opened up. And then remember when they got in the Promised Land? The Jordan River, boom, opened up. And then it went back. Here we go the third time. He struck the water with it, and the river divided, and they went across on dry ground. That's why I say you throw, you throw the supernatural out here. I mean, you, you might as well throw the world away. Just throw yourself away. Your body is so, it's, and that's what, evolution, are you crazy? Evolution, you lose data. We're actually going in reverse. They say we're getting better and better. better. We're evolving it. No, we're not. We're getting worse. Our bodies are not the bodies that were made 4,000 years ago. It's, it's getting worse. You know what's happening? We are actually, in fact, there's a book out there on it, DNA, when is extinction? Because the DNA is showing that we're degrading, it's, we're heading toward extinction. Of course, the movies and stuff you watch, it's, it's like the stupid Noah movie they made with what's-his-face, you know. It was all about global warming. It wasn't about saving the animals from a flood, from judgment of sin. Global warming. 
No way. Mm -mm. But anyway, so when they arrived on the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, what shall I grant you before I'm taken away? Now, wait just a cotton-picking minute here. I like to mention this because it's what we need to rattle our cage. Grant you? What is this, a genie in a bottle or is it Santa Claus? See, over the time, if you don't stay with the Bible, you'll never act just like this king in the first first chapter. Is there no God in Israel? He went to some piece of wood. Am I going to get better? Or whatever, actually, he wanted to get better. Well, he says, please grant me twice as much prophetic power as you have. Wait a minute. Look what he says. You've asked a hard thing. If you see me when I'm taken from you, you'll get your request. But if not, you won't. Well, he stuck with him for three times when Elijah said, hey, stay here. I'm supposed to go. I'm not leaving you, sir. Look at that. As they were walking along, another, well, let me mention this. Remember, he said, I want twice as much power. So there must, there's power with God. There just, there just is. Do you know the Bible tells us, and I read it this week. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's Ephesians chapter 1. That we might know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And that's the King James Version. But really, the, what it means is you have the same resurrection power to help you every day. And it's not a feel-good thing. Well, I just feel like I can make it today. You've got the power to get through anything. And not just get through anything. Things like this. As they were walking along and talking, oh my goodness, suddenly a chariot of fire. Now, this is nothing new. We see this through the Scriptures. Drawn by horses of fire. How else could you describe the glory of God? appeared and drove between them. Boy, jump back. And Elijah, and remember, wait a minute, those 50 prophets are over there, those kids, they're, they're going, oh man, I'm not taking my eyes off this. It was so awesome. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. So apparently this thing here, it spun up and it was gone. Elijah saw it. Now look what he says. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the charioteers. Why don't you swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride? That's Ezekiel. Ezekiel saw it. Elvis sang it, you know. Yeah. Swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride. Rock me, Lord. Here we go. As they disappeared from sight, he tore his robe. Remember, it didn't take a while. Horse is taking forever. No, just whew. Look what he did. Then he picked up Elijah's cloak, returned to the bank of the Jordan River. Here's the fourth time. Struck the water with it. Now, this is such a good thing to use in prayer. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Praise God. And the water parted and Elijah went across. Man. Now, remember, these are just boys. Because it says young, 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 young. And that's the reason Elijah was like, okay, knock yourself out. Watch what they're saying. The young prophets of Jericho saw what had happened. They exclaimed, the spirit of Elijah rest upon Elijah. And they went to meet him and greeted him respectfully. Sir, they said. Remember, they're just kids, teenagers. Just say the word and 50 of our best athletes will search the wilderness for your master. <laughs> See, that. Y'all knew he was going to get carried away, and now you think he's over behind the mountain somewhere. 
Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has left him on the mountain. See, they didn't know. They just knew he went to heaven, but, you know, they still thought, whatever. Or intervene. No! See, he knew. Don't bother. But they kept urging until he was embarrassed, and finally, okay, go ahead. Then 50 men searched for, for three days. Now, he's going to, look at that. He, he snapped at them. I told you. Well, that wasn't very Christian-like. Now, wait a minute. It is. It's good teaching points. If you turn red sometime because you're, uh, it's a good teaching point. Don't. Anyway, you'll know it if you lose control. Every time we see you, you're just a big, he ain't ever happy. Well, that's not what's going on here. Elijah was still at Jericho when they, when they returned. Didn't I tell you not to go? He growled. Now a delegation of the city officials of Jericho visited Elijah. We have a problem. Wait just a minute. You, you think the Bible's all about you have a problem and God fixes it? Yes! Yes! We all need to be pointed to the Lord. The city is located in beautiful natural surroundings, as you see, but the water is bad and causes our women to have miscarriages. Where have we had bad water before? Moses, when he got the children of Israel out of Egypt... The water was bitter at Marah. Remember that? The Lord said, throw a tree in there, and all of a sudden it was sweet. Well, he said, bring me a new bowl filled with salt. Notice he didn't say, well, that's just tough. God's teaching you a lesson. I wonder if those, those city people were in church. <laughs> just keep drawing the line. You would never go ask the Lord for help when you believe stuff like that. Then he went out the city well, threw salt in. Uh, and declared, the Lord has healed these waters. They shall no longer cause death or miscarriage. Now, first off, I don't see in here where he asked the Lord whether it was time to do this. It'll never be time for you then if you're always looking for the Lord to be late. Anyway, and sure enough, the water was purified just as Elijah had said. Now, that's not the only time in the next couple of chapters we're going to see food get fixed. That was poisonous. Wow. From Jericho, he went to Bethel as he was walking along the road. A gang of young... Oh, here it is. Oh, boy. As he was walking along, a gang of young men... Men, we can do it too, can't we? From the city began mocking and making fun of him because of his bald head. Oh, no. He turned around. He kind of like Noah, didn't he? Noah, basically, you could say he was a sex pervert, and he cursed his third son. Right after the flood. Nobody said anything about it. Boy, but I will. Really? <laughs> go back and look, see what Ham did. Made fun of his daddy naked. His brothers go back in there, they're not watching daddy. And they covered him up. Plus, daddy Noah was rip-roaring drunk. Whatever. He ain't going to heaven. Well, that's crazy. God saved the whole he saved Noah, his wife, his sons and their wives, and now Noah's not going to make it to heaven because of your doggone beliefs about that. See, that's not the case. Here we go. Back to this. Boy, these young men, they were mocking, making fun of him because of his bald head. He turned around, cursed them in the name of the Lord. Two, I had it wrong. Look at it. Two female bears. Boy, that's worse. <laughs> Man, they came out of the woods and tore, how many? Forty-two of them. Well, that kind of gives you a little perspective about what was happening here. You talk about some persecution. Mr. Elisha's just trying to go through town here and 42 young people? Hey, old man, 
Yeah, I'm talking to you, old man. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, then he went to Mount Carmel and finally returned to Samaria. Richard, that's quite some story. Yeah. Ahab's son, chapter 3. Joram began to reign over Israel during the 18th year of the reign of Jehoshaphat of Judah. He reigned 12 years. His capital was Samaria. Remember, this is not Judah. It's not Jerusalem. It's a town called Samaria. It's like Huntsville and Decatur, two different places. Look at that. He was a very evil man, but not as wicked as his father and mother had been, had been uh, uh, Jezebel. Jezebel and Ahab. No, it said so, Ahab. Okay. For he at least tore down the pillar to Baal that his father had made. Well, good for him. Have one good thing. He tore down that, that uh, whatever, that idol. Nevertheless, he still, look at that, he still clung to the great sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who led the people of Israel to worship idols. Now, what that story is, that's right after David died, Solomon died, and right after Solomon died, they split the kingdom. This guy here set up two cows, moo, as I like to say, and they said, here's the cows, oh, the gods, excuse me, that brought you out of Egypt. You just made these the other day. I mean, come on, where's our head? But that's just how foolish that is. Anyway, King Mesha of Moab and his people were sheep ranchers. Now, this is off to the west, whatever, east, something like that. A nation near them. They paid Israel an annual, tri annual tribute of 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But after Ahab's death, remember we already heard this, they were rebelling. We ain't doing that no more. So King Joram mustered up the Israeli army and sent this message. All right, he's going to fight them back. says, you guys owe me that. Oh, he said this to the king Jehoshaphat. Now, this is Jehoshaphat, like Bob likes to say, jumping Jehoshaphat, you know. It's where they got this from. Okay. And Jehoshaphat was the one that, you know, you won't need to fight in this battle. And really, if you think about it, there's no battle we need to fight in anymore because the Lord's going to win your battles for you. Anyway, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you help me fight? Of course I will. My people and horses are yours to command. What are your battle plans? Now, where are we going with this? Just watch. Remember, that king worships those idols, but Jehoshaphat, he's great, 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 great of David, and he's tried to be like David. Well, we're going to attack from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied. So their armies, their two armies, now joined by the troops from Edom, moved along roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days, but there was no water for their men to pack or pack animals. What shall we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought us out here to the king of Moab uh, 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 to defeat us. He thinks that we're, we've had it. No, watch what uh, Jehoshaphat says. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, asked, isn't there a prophet of the Lord with us? And you probably remember this story. Uh, Elisha's here. One of the king's officers replied, <laughs> He added he was Elijah's assistant, so now we know where he was. Fine, Jehoshaphat said. He's just the man we want. So the kings of Israel and Judah and Edom went out to consult Elisha. <laughs> He's going to be, this is why it's good to be kind of a mean old gruff. Because Elisha is going to snarl at uh, the king of Jehoram, at the king of uh, Israel. Because he's worshiping idols. Look what he says. Oh, I got the right word right. Look at that. I want no part of you, Elisha, snarled at King Jehoram of Israel. You know, you got to, like I say, 
I remember my parents could just look at me and I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's part of our makeup. But in America, oh, it's not politically correct. We don't want to stunt there. I'm going to forget. <laughs> Janet, you probably heard him say it, but she and I both have been listening to James Gregory. In the, in the, he was saying, you know, well, they say if you spank a child, you'll uh, uh, hamper, you'll, uh, uh, what did he say? His, oh, his, his, his self-esteem. He says, you're going you're gonna to affect, I'll say it this way, you're going to affect his self-esteem. And he said, you're darn right, it's going to affect his self-esteem. <laughs> you're trying to stop that. What? Thinks he's going to get away with everything, you know. Anyway, look at this. So Elijah snarled at King John. Look what he says. Hey, go to the false prophets of your father and mother. Do you know when Moses and the, the plague of the frogs? <laughs> now, uh, Pharaoh's wizards and stuff, they could do the same thing. Well, yeah, till the lice hit. Yeah. But notice this. Notice this. So the frogs are stinking everywhere, you know. And, uh, and so uh, it says that, and, and the wizards could do the same thing. They could, how stupid. I'm sure they were going, hey, look, there's a pot right here. There'll be a frog in it, I tell you. See there, we can do, <laughs> yeah, there was already, there were so many frogs. I don't buy that. Those wizards couldn't do it. But here's the thing. So Pharaoh asked Moses to get rid of the frogs. And I always want to read that. I said, well, time out. Go get your wizards to get rid of those frogs. Why'd you ask Moses to get rid of them. Yeah. That's why he says, hey, go to the false prophets of your father and mother. King Jehoram replied, no, for it's the Lord who has called us out here to be destroyed by the king of Moab. Well, he's trying to say, well, it's going to be the Lord's will or whatever. I swear by the Lord God, look at this, I wouldn't bother with you except for the presence of King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And if you go back... And look at what this guy did. He just simply loved the Lord. That's all. Nothing we can't do. Now bring me someone to play the lute. And as the lute played, the message of the Lord came to Elijah. The Lord says to fill this dry valley with trenches uh, to hold the water. He will send me. There was, a, there was a drought here, obviously. You won't see wind nor rain. But this valley will be filled with water and you'll have plenty for yourselves and animals. Notice what he just said. There was no water there. We're all going to die. But this is only the beginning. For the Lord will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You're going to conquer the best of their cities, even those that are fortified, and ruin the good land with stones. And sure enough, the next day, oh, about that time, when the morning sacrifice was offered, look, Water, it f was flowing from the direction of Edom, and soon there was water everywhere. Meanwhile, the people of Moab heard about the three armies marching against them. They mobilized every man who could fight, old and young, stationed themselves along the frontier. But early the next morning, I mean, they got wiped out. Uh, what happened? The sun looked red as it shone across the water. Blood, they exclaimed. The three armies have attacked and killed each other. Let's go collect the loot. Well, that ain't what happened. But when they arrived at the Israeli camp, the army of Israel rushed out, rushed out, began killing them, and the army of Moab fled. The men of Israel moved forward into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. They destroyed the cities, threw stones on every piece of land, stopped up the wells, felled the tree, fruit trees. Finally, only Fort Kirharseth, whatever, was left, but even that finally fell to them. Uh, when King Moab saw the battle had been lost, he led 700 of his swordsmen in a last desperate attempt to break through to the king of Edom, but he fell. 
Then he took his oldest son, who was to be the next king, look at this, to the horror of the Israeli army, killed him and sacrificed him as a burnt offering on the wall. So the army of Israel turned back in disgust into their own land. Yeah, there's something the writers just made up. I don't think so. Wow. Let me look. I think we got to stop. Praise the Lord. But anyway. Yeah, we better stop. But anyway. Oh. 